Hello, everyone. This is Jacqueline Jacks for the Daily Jacks on AVA Live Radio. Are you thinking about becoming a creator? Do you want to make it a career? Because a lot of people realistically think that they're going to opt out of an education and become a social media star. Well, if you're curious about how you compare to other creators financially on social media, this is the edition for you. Today on the Daily Jacks, I'm going to talk about who's making money, how they're making money, and why they're making money, and who isn't. And you're going to get a really quick overview of the creator economy in, I would say, less than 10 minutes. So get ready. So I guess the question really is, can you make money as a full-time creator today? Is it realistic to think as a young creator or an old creator or any creator, can you start a social page and just make it a full-time career? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because it's not apples to apples. I mean, anyone who has a creative mind can create something cool, choose a social platform or some way to put it out there in front of people and uh, find a way to monetize it. But it's going to depend on three things as far as I can see. One of them being that you have to create some really good things that contribute to either the education or the entertainment of an audience. But the big factors are, can you monetize it and can you keep it up, right? And are you going to put it on the right platform that actually serves a group of people that want to see what you have? So there are those three big factors in the mix here. And that's probably why the majority of creators create content and do it full time, but don't actually make a lot of money at it. According to a recent report, only 12% of creators make more than 50000 a year. That's a very low number when so many young people are giving up a college education to pursue a career on social media. I mean, we're not just talking about people that are dancing on social. We're talking about musicians. We're talking about people that are cooking, people that are running YouTube channels, people that are running Instagram profiles, TikTok profiles. I mean, there's tons, Right. Linktree released a report on the creator economy after conducting research among 90 or 9,000 creators. The creators were from a span of different categories and not just music, but the report highlighted that it was very easy to become a creator, but yet of the 2 million people classified as official creators, not a lot were actually monetized. So they weren't able to make a full-time income, even though they were intending to, but they couldn't figure out how to monetize it once they built it. Many of them were leaving tons of money on the table, in fact, even with smaller or larger um, followings. They were leaving you know, all the income on the table. I mean, 46% stated they created full time yet made less than $1,000 a year, which is amazing because you could create full time, sure. But if you haven't found a way to monetize it, or your platform isn't monetizing it, then you're basically serving it up for free, working full time at it. But what are you getting for that? Are you waiting for someone to come along and offer you money? for it? Or what is the deal? I mean, that's what we really want to know, isn't that? Now, of course, not all people are going to want to make money at this or need to make money at this. Maybe some people want to develop, you know, a platform based on their talent, like they just want to share their music and get opinions or they're a filmmaker. And so 
their social media platforms or whatever they're doing, um, you know, building their space on is more about an online uh, like catalog of what they can do or, you know, a profile that shows off what they can do and shows proof of concept. So those would be people that wouldn't need to make a full-time living based on that content, but might be using it as a starting point to build a career that doesn't have to necessarily do with social media, but shows off and advertises what you can do through social media and the reaction to it. You know, so that would be in the mix. I could imagine that happening to a lot of people actually, right? Especially filmmakers. It's also noted that around 66% of creators viewed their pursuits as a side hustle, where 36% were making content for less than a year, but considered it to be more than a side hustle, um, be like a full-time hustle, even though they might have not been making money at it, which is kind of bizarre to me that you would put full-time into something that makes no money. So only 6% uh, were that. And the beginners, the 6% of those beginners in that category earned over $10,000 since they started, but who knows how long since they started. I mean, some people have been at this for years and literally have only made like pennies, right? Because they just don't understand the monetization thing. I mean, think of the last time you pulled about maybe 25, 30 artists and asked them how much they made in the last year if they haven't toured, if they haven't been one-on-one with customers in front of them selling the merchandise or finding a way to monetize a show or getting paid to sing, then did they find a way to monetize their online content? Not likely. Most of them don't even want to live stream. So how are they going to connect with a fan and get money? You know, like, how are they going to sell something unless the fan is face to face with them? Because that's where the money is really being transacted, initially anyway. I mean, I remember on Periscope, I used to see artists that did play regularly on Periscope. They would go and they would stream live from wherever they were performing and they would try to sell their albums through PayPal and tell people, you know, $10 for this, $20 for that. And people would go and send them money on PayPal and it would be a full-time income. So they would be performing somewhere and maybe making a small income from the performance, but they would be making a lot of income from the people watching the live stream. We got to get back to that moment in time because that on Periscope was a winning thing. Personally, I don't know why more people don't do that on YouTube. I suppose there are, but on Periscope, it was easier to discover them. So now perhaps people are doing it on Instagram Live and you're just not seeing it because you're locked away by Facebook into your own little Instagram world. Or maybe they're doing it on TikTok live, probably. You know what I mean? So there is still that creator economy, that's still that tip economy that's going on. But a lot of platforms don't focus or feature on it like they used to. However, I do see Spotify kind of heading in that direction. And I did just do a um, whole episode on Spotify and what's going on in April 2022. So go back and hear that episode. So what I'm talking about now is just the monetization of creation. This really means that the majority of creators who profited from ad revenue, not from figuring out another way to monetize, or maybe Patreon memberships, 
are our creator fund. I mean, that's our creator economy. That's why they're not making that much money. I've met many, many creators who waited to monetize, in fact, until after they really understood who their consumer was, how the people were consuming their content, who they were, and after they developed a relationship with them. I know from my own experience on this podcast and also on YouTube, if you take the two, I find that the numbers on the podcast are way higher than what I see on my social pages. Yet on my social pages, I'm more connected to that group of people than I am to the passive listeners on the podcast. So say a couple, say 25,000 people hear a podcast. Of that 25,000 people, a small percentage will actually connect with me on social media and say, I heard your podcast and I really liked it. And I will get a response from them. And that starts to build a more personal relationship than the 25,000 people, the majority of which don't reach out and connect with me on a social platform at that one moment in time. You know what I mean? So it's hard to monetize that if it's not ad revenue. So that's why a lot of the creators have ad revenue incomes, but they tend to be a lot smaller than the one-to-one earning income, like a Patreon page or merchandise sale. A merchandise sale can be as much as, you know, a thousand people purchasing that $100 um, in packages from you every single a year and that's $100,000 a year. I mean, it can go a lot of different ways for creators, but at the I think the end game is that every creator in order to be successful has to figure out how they're going to monetize and who they're going to monetize to. And if the relationship with the people that is on the platform is one reachable and two are they willing to buy what you have? Like, do you, you put something out there that they are actually looking for to buy or that they would pay for? Or are you putting something out that it's more of a, you know, please buy this because you like me type of thing. And I think that that makes a huge difference in the success of the creator. This really means, though, that the majority of creators were profiting from that ad revenue. And as a, as a I guess, a rule income tended to be really small. And this is the case then that started the influencers with the smaller fan bases would generate a ton of ad revenue, but not a lot of income. So to clarify, who's making more money, right? Like the smaller creator that's just doing ad revenue or the larger creator who has a lot more creation out there that's just receiving passive income. Well, the larger, of course, right? You would think. Some cases, I have seen smaller creators making over $100,000 a year and larger creators bringing in maybe $100,000 a year in ad revenue, even though they have thousands of streams. This happens a lot on YouTube. A smaller creator might have something like a instructional Uh, video they're selling or some kind of a book they're selling or a program they're selling at a higher dollar amount. So they don't really need to make a lot of sales in order to win. Where maybe a large creator hasn't figured out that if they sell $100 packages or, you know, a certain thing at a price, they don't need to sell as many 
And so therefore it might be missing a lot of people where the ad revenue picks up that, you know, that slack, but they're making more money. So a lot of times you'll see larger creators making less money and smaller creators sometimes making more money. But I have discovered that particularly on YouTube where the content is monetized from ad revenue. So that's an ad that is running against the video. I've discovered that the larger creators were making most of the amount of money passively as a result of just seeing that that stuff just remain out there and passively get seen, right? So in other words, they would be on YouTube, they would launch videos, maybe put up for a month, hopefully more in the beginning. Some of them put up something every single day that always does better. Then the ad revenue would start to generate and then the videos would keep doing better over time. And as a result, the creator would have a consistent income um, to date that would just keep building and piling up. Now, it's not like a pot of gold in the way it is, but like that ad revenue can fluctuate. And I've seen some people say, wow, like, you know, years ago I was making so much money. My, my CPUs, my cost per thousand views was really high. But now it's like the advertisers aren't paying as much for this kind of content. And that happens. That's definitely a deciding factor that you don't know about when you're going into things like are cosmetics going to pay you more than a food channel or is a food uh, ad going to pay you more than a music channel so like we don't really really know and even if you do know one year that can change the next year but it all plays into whether smaller um content creators can make more than larger creators and how that balances out. It really, I just think, comes down to what you want to create, start there and monetize it if you want, but monetize it only when you truly know you're ready to monetize it and you have people to monetize it <laughs> too. Like you have people that are saying, I really wish I had this, you know exactly what they want or where did you get that? And then bam, you now have a road or a starting point in order to, you know, develop products, get products in front. That's a good way to start. I've also seen some creators burn out after a couple of years. Um, Gosh, that's happened to so many who were creating content like constantly and they were really at the top of their game, but they still made money because the content just keeps going, right? It's still in the public eye, especially on YouTube. On TikTok, creators who worked with like trends within the platform, they tended to rise really quickly but they didn't really earn a lot of money for their followers. Like they kind of just waited and hoped that somebody would come along, but there were so many of them that a lot of them did not earn money um, for launching videos on TikTok. A small percentage of TikTok creators though did earn over a million dollars a year, like the DeMarco sisters, and they just kind of, you know, they, they gathered those followings, they had influence over them, and then big labels and companies came in and monetized it for them. And that's where the big bucks were being made. I mean, I know some TikTok creators that make $25,000 for a TikTok post, $33,000 for a TikTok post. I mean, there are some people out there that are making, you know, $25,000 for a podcast episode. You know, there's Joe Rogan, there's... um 
uh, Chamberlain, there's what else? Uh, call her daddy or is, what is it? Call her daddy. There's like a ton of podcasters out there that also have social media platforms. And between the two, they're making millions of dollars a year because they have a large influence over people. They figured out what they want and what they'll purchase or what they will do as a result of the ask. And they have done really, really well with it. So should you become a creator? Well, that's up to you. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it. I would say the main road to do it is if you like to create a certain kind of content and you're having fun at it, then definitely do it. But if you're doing it just to monetize, it's not an exact science. It's not like you're just going to start an accounting business and then go find clients. And if you do well, then you're going to make money. You're not going to just open a law firm. And if you find clients and you know, you do, you do well, you're going to make money. The creator economy is not a definite. It's not like a matter of if I have a certain amount of followers, the advertisers will come. It won't always work that way. YouTube is better Um, just because there is an ad revenue program that's really consistent and it's built. But again, it has flaws. Some of those flaws being that the the CPU is not definite for everyone. It's not definite across all categories. Same with podcasting. It's a feast or famine. You can make a great deal of money. You can make no money at all. You can get personal sponsors. You can get advertising sponsors. You can get sponsors that want to have you on video advertising their product, not just on podcast. There's a lot of combinations, but they're not just going to come to you as a result of putting it up. There's a lot that goes into nurturing clients and just like you're nurturing an audience around them. I've even had some people start a podcast and create episodes around a certain topic and then create a blog on that topic and then sell that to the company that, you know, has to do with that topic that would best benefit from that. So there's a lot of different points of end games here as far as the creator economy, how that lasts and can you count on it? There's nothing, baby, that you can count on that is better than an education. So as far as I'm concerned, unless being part of the creator economy is educating you into something that you can really monetize or sell later and that you can take you know, as a retirement into your old age, you're still taking a huge risk over a definite education in a field that does pay and that needs new people in it constantly. That to me is money in the bank. All the other stuff is possibly fun, most likely will burn you out. And at the end of the day is something you should be very careful with. And that is my Husky saying she wants dinner. Thanks for (laughs) tuning into the Dax Daily. Have a great one, you guys, and I'll talk to you again soon.